our videos live. Voy de cabrón. You're a dick or a bastard. Welcome <laughs> to episode 13. We should really keep track of it. I think it's 14. You'll see it. You saw it in the episode. You know which episode we are. And yeah. I'm pointing over there because I'm still not going to. That's the goal. Yeah. Can we take this opportunity just to like talk about Quentin Tarantino and his movies for like a couple hours and just what yeah we, we won't even hit the movie we'll just talk about him the whole time so we yeah it's this just reminded me Tarantino's the best director there ever was there, there ever will be there ever was there ever will be why do you say that he's I don't know if there ever will be you don't know <laughs> but I mean he Quentin the Tarantino the best director there ever will be is born in our maybe in our Th generation that might be true I think so um, Tarantino is the like perfect story of someone who grew up watching movies and I mean he just watched like the stories is that he would go to his local theater and when just he was younger right? when he was younger and just sit there and 56, watch 56 according 50. to Wikipedia yep and he would just watch movies all day just westerns old Hollywood stuff from the 50s um, and we're so lucky that we're alive in this day and age where Tarantino's like popping out movies that are going to go down in history as I mean like, literally his first movie is 92 yeah. you were just born I was yeah so it came out uh, it's not gonna Reservoir Dogs I think I've got a poster up there that's my favorite poster the Reservoir Dogs one well uh a picture of the poster just popped up on the screen okay <laughs> are you gonna edit that in <laughs> no our editor is oh uh, okay yeah and then literally 92 all the way until last year with Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood. Now how many movies is he going to do? Uh, the word is that he always... What do you mean going... the word is? So where does that He come gave from? interviews... I know you've told me this before, but did you read it? Did he say it? Is someone predicting that? No, he says it. Okay. He says that he's going to do 10 movies in okay. his life. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his ninth movie. And... What we're going to talk about today is Hateful Eight, which is his eighth movie. And it's just, there's how, so much. How fitting a title. There's so much synchronicity, like, with his type of movies. Yeah. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, lucky coincidences that happen. Um, not well, lucky. You think it's lucky? I think it's. No, it's not lucky, but it's all planned out. But it, it gives the illusion of that he's been planning this entire life or whatever, but. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm sure yes. I, in some ways, I'm, I'm sure he So he's has. been writing since 92 and he's 56. Years. He started writing when he was about 35. It was 27 years ago. So, say it's 26 years ago when he was 30. Hmm. So he, he first directed his movie when he was roughly he, 29. He wrote, he wrote and directed all of his movies. Yeah. Right. So in his 20s, what he was working on was Reservoir Dogs. Which, if you're a fan, if you're watching this and you're you like what we're doing... Just know that Tarantino's. You should go back and watch all his movies, and I, I, speaking for both of us a little bit, I think. Don't speak for me. Okay. <laughs> Never but do that. Do you th do you think that he especially he's... when you misquote me, like someone I know? <laughs> I don't think I'd misquote you a lot. Um, but I mean, he's the best director. He's definitely in my top five. Probably one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, that's what a top five means, but... Is it picking me up? I should talk louder. Yeah, you gotta talk louder. 
Or can't just... do my typical low voice and loud laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely in my top five. Yeah. But what about him makes it such a such a good director? Um, he's just totally unique. Yeah. None of his movies are going to be like anyone else's, whereas sometimes the director can be pretty like generic, or mm -hmm. you just have a big enough budget where you can do whatever you want. I think he has he has his own vision. So yeah. I mean, he gets to write and direct it, so he literally is in every step of the process. And I'm sure he is very heavily handed when it comes to editing as well. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Some people, or some directors, I think, just show up, I gotta shoot this movie, blah, 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 and they kind of like grab this script from someone, or they've been handed it, and then they leave it to the editor to finish their project, that type of thing, whereas... He's very methodical. It takes him, like, years, right? Like, from yeah. start point to end point. He writes every scene in the movie. Yeah. He writes the dialogue. He is behind the camera he's directing. He's in the movie sometimes. He's, in, he's acting in the movie yeah. sometimes. And he's behind the, the camera, like, choosing the shots. Yeah. Like, he chooses which angle. And then... I'm he doesn't leave that to the videographer. No. Yeah. No, he's very yeah. into that process. Right. And everything... I'm this is coming from is like interviews I've watched behind the scenes, YouTube videos. Um, you know, as much as I can, cause I'm interested, like he right. goes on, on TV sometimes and like talks about, uh, there's kind of a famous clip of Quentin Tarantino where it was like in the late nineties where someone was like, it's too violent. And he was like, it's not too violent. It's, I do, you know, it's movies, it's fake. I, I'm, I put blood and guts and shooting and cause it's fun. Cause that's why we do movies and just like we do movies for like fast races and fantastical ideas and the cgi that now is possible he yeah. takes the approach of old style movies yeah classic movies yes and he takes elements from other kind of directors that you know adds mystery elements and adds you know gore and stuff like that yeah you know old western movies i don't think had as much I don't know. I'm just... Pro no, that's not like ass. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he puts all these things and they just fit very well together. Yeah. Because he's designed the pieces to like, you know, this is a complete project. Which is interesting because Hateful Eight, I just saw here, has his worst reviews according to the wiki. Yeah. Well, where'd you put Hateful Eight in the lineup of Tarantino films? Yikes. Sorry. Hold on. There's a... There's nine of these, so... Do you think you could name all nine? No, you'd have to look them up. I mean, it's a lot easier now that I saw <laughs> this. So, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Death Proof. So, two. Jackie Brown, Death <laughs> Counting Proof. on your fingers, then. Yeah. Kill Bill. <laughs> so, we'll count that as one movie. Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think uh, Gore's Bastards is probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Django. Django, yeah. Vanglorious Bastards is another. Every, I mean, every movie's top a... Top 20 movie. It's me. like a 5 out of 5 on my scale. Yeah. Like, literally every one. Kill Bill. I remember watching yeah. Kill Bill the first time. Like, whoa. I probably, like, started my fascination, fascination a little bit with, like, having a sword. Just because it was so badass yeah. to have a sword in that movie. Yeah. All the stuff that she went through. And... But he had a specific style on that one, too. It's like, you know, quick scene cuts and the 
Eastern style of making a movie. Yes. That came into that. And that's so kind of the point you were making like, earlier. Yeah, exactly. It, he takes from so many different yeah. elements and styles. Like, he made... And makes more. It's not just, like, a mumble-jumbo of, like, oh, I look... I can emulate what some of these other directors are doing. You know, I actually make what... I just put a little twist on it. Kind of. That's a very, like... Um, like, in America, we don't have a long history of, of, of things... So what we do, kind of do is take... Like, we don't have a, an American cuisine that goes back a thousand right. years ago. Right. So we take other people's cuisine, like we Chinese food. Yeah, we got corn. That's, that's, that's what we got going for us. And even then, that's Native Americans. That's not... <laughs> we are Native Americans now. We didn't hear? Because we lived here yeah. so long? No, but the point I'm making is that um, it's, it's an American thing to do is take from others and make it into... With respect back to that medium... Um, like well, you hope it's always respected. Well, yeah, but Tarantino does that with right, right. Uh, Eastern tradition of um, getting the the blade, the sword, and going to see the the master and taking the Shaolin temple yeah. training. Um, <laughs> yeah, the what do they call it? The five finger five finger death punch. No, that's a band. It had some stylized name, and it was very like anime inspired, um, and the crazy eighty eight. Oh, he taught yeah. you the five finger. Damn it, I want to know what it was. Um, well, remember. yeah. Five finger... Bunch of death or something. Death, heart death technique? Something like that. Something like that. Where you hit pressure points. You know what, we gotta Google. I'm Googling it. Yeah. Because I want to learn. I gotta learn that technique. I gotta yeah. give me a... <laughs> you know, some people get like the kickboxing little uh, thing in their room. Or, you know, in their gym or whatever. Yeah. It's like just a pole that kind of weaves, bobs and weaves, but it's heavy. Yeah, just the wooden, boxers. Just get a wooden thing practice yeah um and then in in hateful eight he did the western style and then in glorious bastards was world war ii django unchained was slavery in america and so it's an american idea and he, he's an american director that just takes from other mediums and incorporates it into his movies and stylizes it um you could do that with gangster movies you know scorsese is known as the gangster movie mafia movie director um where he's kind of takes the same trope and does a couple different movies like that um even the legal mafia guys with the wolf of wall street where you know those got like underground mafia members but they were doing things that were legal at the time in the 90s right and so scorsese has like a theme but tarantino takes from other themes and but applies that to his movie um he made a western but then he made it in the winter and it's a western but it takes place in one room like for 70 percent of the movie or something like that more than that more than that yeah nothing really happens outside of, oh i guess in the beginning yeah, yeah but you're right you're right of course there's maybe an hour of the footage that's outside the cabin and then two and a half hours inside the cabin for the extended version so in case we didn't mention yes we watched the extended version that's offered on netflix four episodes which is cut into what he does the movie as well you know during the movie he has the episode markers right it, yeah in yeah. the movie he has are there four episodes there, it has to be i believe I so i don't remember there being like a whole section in the extended version there might have yeah, been three I think, I think but there's four okay yeah and on netflix it totally worked we we were talking about this that you could binge the whole thing and it's not that big a deal each of them are only 50 minutes so it's three hours and 40 minutes of I think I remember the theater version being three hours, 12 minutes, or three hours, 18 minutes. Something along those lines. This was probably three hours and 45 minutes. 
we don't know. We don't know how much footage, how much time is it? By the way, the the technique is five point palm, five point palm exploding heart technique. That's a way cooler name than what we were told, what we were saying. <laughs> five finger. Yeah. Uh, hateful eight. This is the shit that I like to have written down that I sometimes yeah. think about. Ah, oh, I should. But who knows where this podcast yeah. is going to take us? Show or podcast? I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> I think it's. I think we we're talking about. It. It's a kind of a show. I don't think it's a podcast. I mean, one day people will be listening to this on their phones, like a normal podcast. But that's I haven't done that yet. So we'll get there. Yeah, but right, right now this is a show. So a quick Google of Hateful Eight run and brings up three hours seven minutes. Okay. So if I do extended, well, the extended each of them were fifty minutes. minutes. Yeah, but see, hour forty, two thirty, three twenty. So only about fifteen minutes added. That surprises me. It seemed like there was a lot added. On the Netflix extended version, it yeah. seemed like there was a lot more than the theater. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't seem like 15 minutes, you know? It like it seems... Yeah. But then again, if you're watching a movie that you've already seen before, and then you, they add in just 15 minutes, that's like an extra minute per scene, you'll pick up on that. Because a minute of, of extra dialogue is quite a bit. Mm. and adds a lot more. This, this version padded a lot more dialogue and layers yeah. and they, they let certain scenes go for longer than and that's yeah. the way it should well, they be. Have, well yeah i agree as well i don't think you have to there you know we've talked about this before i think where directors and studios are limited by what they think the audience is going to enjoy or what marketing says is going to be oh you can't make a three three hour 20 minute movie <clears throat> end game and have the audiences come in and and want to sit in the theater and watch it. Yeah. But you can't. People are willing to do it. You just may not grab that majority of the audience, which is what you know what you want. So sometimes, I don't know how much pressure Tarantino has with a studio telling him. He has him. a lot of influence. Yeah. Well, like, I know he has a lot of influence, but how much pressure does he have to be like, all right, you got to fit it in this window. And his giving the pushback to be like, no, I'm not cutting anything. Put this whole thing in. Like uh, I heard the director of Parasite did. Yeah. Is that when the port from, not the port, <laughs> what is it called? The translation or whatever, bringing it over to the United States the, the, for the theatrical version, he wanted a certain scene kept in it and he fought on it and he's like, I want it for my dad. And it was fake. It wasn't for a dad. <laughs> it was just like he didn't want Americans to mess with the, oh, the editing okay. in his movie. Okay. Yeah. Directors probably always want their movie to be as long as they want, especially Tarantino. He wants it to be a f- five hours yeah. and he he has the budget for it he's like i got the money let's let's make this thing happen but just reality constraints of sitting through a theater you know that's what happened with kill bill he wanted to make it one movie mm-hmm. one but movie the, including everything that was shown in both episodes volume one and volume two he wanted that to be one movie right but they made him split it up and so each of them are what about two hours yeah okay. i mean this guy shoots four hour long movies since he's had the budget to do oh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's the best. I, I'll be very sad if, if we only have one movie left from him, according to his claims, he's going to do 10 movies total. Yeah. At what point can you, can you quit while you're on top? Do you think he'll follow through? I, I want him to keep Make making a prediction. Movies. I, I think he will keep making movies. Oh, yeah, you I think he, the 10 was just an early... I think the 10 is what he said. A young, a young guy talking out of the ass to kind of like give hype to his first 10 he's, movies he's to 56. get people to go. He's not old. Like, Maybe he wants to, all right, I'm done. 
quit while he's on top? And I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will. Like, like, uh, LeBron should have done, should have quit while he's on top. Yeah. Yeah. Sports ball. <laughs> so, theatrical version 168 extended 210. So that's. That's a lot. Wait, 168 and 210, that's. 42 minutes. Added. 168 minutes versus 210 minutes. Yeah. That is a lot. 40-ish minutes. 42. That's... Okay, that sounds right. That he added 42 minutes yeah. of extra... Well, because remember, the 50 minutes that are in the episodes on Netflix have the intro in the beginning, and then they have credits as well. And that sure. whole runtime is, you know, factored in when yeah. it says 50 minutes, so... Yeah. I remember um, the theatrical version being that longer than that. It's two hours. It's almost three hours. 12 minutes short. Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's actually... Or you want to talk about more about his movies, or you want to talk about this movie? I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, Tarantino in general. The wh- Which do you think is his best movie? You think it's Django Unchained? Because everyone knows him for Pulp Fiction, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. And that was his second movie he ever made. Yeah. What makes... is it's, it's some combination of the dialogue... The actors he chooses, but he chooses actors. It's always Jackson. It's always Samuel Jackson. He likes using Samuel Jackson. Um, a lot of a lot of movies. Uh, he likes using what's is it Kurt? John Travolta. John Travolta. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Um. Uma Thurman. She's only in Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction. But, um, she's in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's in Pulp Fiction. But I mean, it's more than just the actors he uses. I mean, he can get pretty much anyone he wants. Like he got Leonardo DiCaprio yep. and Brad Pitt. But the way he uses his actors, he, well, yeah, it's, we, it's usually apparent to the actors being like, oh, take a look at the script. Especially nowadays, after he's already done movies with the history that has. If you get, it's almost like an honor to be offered. Yes, uh, <laughs> Channing T- Tatum. Yeah young guy right. relatively speaking i mean he's in his 30s like this is a big break that he got to be um one of the guys that pops up at the end in hateful eight that's that's awesome um i'm sure if, if i was an actor that would be like an honor to yeah, like that's what i mean like th- those guys it's like you're chosen yeah. united to be one of my knights yes yeah that's as close as we get to royalty in this country <laughs> you get to be on the big screen for for all time um uh, brad pitt's always in him brad pitt not always but yeah but he's in a lot of his but the the direction he gives to his actors he is telling them something in their ear that gets them to perform better or different or more interesting than brad pitt in other roles he's able to pull out what he wants uh now we can take this again take it take it take it all right this is what you're getting closer he takes a lot of time to make sure that the setup and all of the things that he's done it's still down to the actors to like bring it to life sure so that's one of the most important parts because that's what everyone sees it's it's one thing to say like oh i have a vision for this movie and how i want it to look but if you come down to be actors it's not it's not going to come across i'm sure there are great premises of movies that have been made not by quentin tarantino but still good directors and they have poor acting yeah that story doesn't you have to take the the actors known like everyone knows samuel jackson and brad pitt and but you have to take the the star power that they have 
their acting ability, which is amazing and it's been proven, and then you have to add in your own vision to it, and mixing all those together, what it produces, the characters in Tarantino films, even side characters, like uh, the, the stunt character, the stunt girl. Yeah, uh, Zoe. Um, it's like he knows Zoe. It. He knows it. Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell. Yeah, I I looked at my poster right there. The <laughs> death proof. <laughs> you cheated. It's not cheating. <laughs> You're supposed to know What is this, it. a test where I just have to memorize everybody? Death proof, you looked at it? Oh, because yeah. she's in that. She's in that. She's, um, so the, the quick story about Zoe Bell is that she is from New Zealand, I believe, and she uh, is a stunt woman that he's used in his movies, and he just, I guess, liked her and gave her speaking roles in, first in Death Proof, and then also in this movie for, like, five minutes or so, and then she, she was, gets shot. Uh... Judy Six Horse. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, like, off-putting. In this movie, he has all different types of characters from different countries and their accents. And, of course, that's not how everyone would be in this little cabin yeah, yeah, in Wyoming. Yeah. But who <laughs> The cares? chances of this happening. Yeah. But also, you know, the chances of this type of situation happening. It's like, all. Oh, what if? Yeah. Or how cool is it that all these different cultures are here together? And you know telling this type of story yeah yeah six horse judy six horse judy yep um she played a really cool role in death proof um it's like i've never seen death proof you gotta watch it you get to you get to talk about this one. yeah it's uh, a stunt car, car man likes to get chicks in his car and he goes really fast and slams on the brake and the brakes and the woman in the passenger seat because it's a stunt car so he's only one strapped up and it, he's like taken out so it's just like a bare like just metal exposed and everywhere so the women like hit their heads and like and they're like a rag doll inside his stunt car and that's that's how he kills these women and kurt russell's in that too so i mean he's the the guy doing the killing and then a bunch of girls and her friends take uh want to take revenge on him and so the last bit of the movie i'm not spoiling anything it's just how the movie goes is uh he's driving around in his car and these chicks are outside on the car trying to like break in there's almost like a an intense racing fight scene mm. and zoe bell's on well that. done instead super like, well done instead of like you know a shitty car chase in yeah. a generic movie yeah but it's kind of grainy and sort of, sort of low quality mm. like you know that like lo-fi hip-hop yeah. beats it's like yeah. another thing that he adds to the movie that just makes it work yes like, oh it's just here I'm yeah just, i'm okay with it he makes the weirdest decisions and puts them in the movie. Like, for an example, narrating. So the whole movie goes by. You're two not hours the whole in. Movie. Halfway through the movie. Like, you're an hour and a half in, but two hours the in. Whole movie. Of course not. Be specific. No. it's uh, And he just decides to start narrating. Yeah, it's just like he just. Why? Yeah. Because. It, Why not? Because I have a vision for a movie and I'm just going to. It'd be cool if I did that. Yeah. And then when people get shot, just. It's just so yeah, excessive. Yeah, every time he would shoot someone, it'd be like a... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. he shoots someone in the head, like and, like, their head just blow, like... Explosion. And there's a little, a little, a little bee shooter, and it's just a... Yeah. And because it works well on screen. Yeah. Because he wants to give a reason that blood and guts are going everywhere, because it looks visually really good. Who cares about realism? Not This movie is not for the squeamish. No. I don't think this one is. No, no Tarantino Django film is. is. Pulp Fiction wasn't that bad. Pulp Fiction had some really, like graphic scenes like maybe for they stay with too, people yeah yeah 
Like, really, like, maybe, although there was lots of, like, shooting and blood and stuff like that, but even just the content, like, the fact that, uh, uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis's character goes into the shop. Remember that? And then they had a gimp downstairs in the basement, and they, like, that was kind of, like, disturbing. It's like, yeah. oh, that's... And he's able to tap in with just telling, like, tap into, like, the gross parts of, like, the really disturbing, like, very shocking. Yeah. Um, well, all these people in this movie are hateful. Yes. Can they're evil. by all the hate in all the different characters? Yeah. Yeah. What does Mexican hate? Uh, the, the Mexican... Bob. Bob. Senor Bob. Senor Bob. I love I love that character. Oh, that thing I've wrong. Pelote, pelote. Let's see. I mean, okay. So let's let's go with the easy one. So uh, the racist, the old guy. Okay. The Confederate uh, captain. General. He was a general. Uh, who this takes place in 1878 or something like that. So it's after the Civil War. He doesn't give us a date at any point. I thought it. I thought it said eighteen seventy eight in the beginning. Oh, maybe it did. I don't. I don't. I could be misremembering. That intro is so wrong, that, or so long that you know, remembering that yeah, I should. Maybe I'm just a poor. That's that's nah. probably on me if I saw the date and just ignored it and just watched what he how his like intro was over the yeah over the what is it? The, just, it was just a cross, right? Just covered in the snow. yeah yeah the cross covered slow, in snow. and then you got the horse way off in the background and the credits rolling very old style there too and it just Western. lets it lets it happen it's a roll alright we're just gonna record until I'm happy yeah and we'll see how much we use of this probably all of it yeah <laughs> yeah um so the racist and then uh racist general and then um the other obvious one is Domregu Daisy mm-hmm. so she's like I guess killed people or she's a bad they they mentioned her crimes but she's being taken in by the bounty hunter um by uh what's his name john ruth ruth yeah and so john Can't ruth, trust anyone who has two first names yeah big brain play big brain play <laughs> i don't know it's like another wives tale that like it just circulates all right it dies in a i've year. never heard that one never no two first names you can't be trusted so you're safe because coolman's we don't even know yeah. knows how to spell that yeah. Montoya, everyone knows that's a last name for Princess Bride, so yeah. we can be trusted. So watch this podcast. I almost did it. I almost looked. <laughs> um, so she's bad because she killed people, and she's she's very set up as like an evil character. She almost has like a, an evil stare at the beginning when we first are getting to know the, the character. And then... She's got an evil smile. Yeah. You know that she's evil when she gets elbowed in the face by John Ruth for lipping. Giving talk talking lip what he uses something um giving me lip i think he's like something yeah. like that bam and then she's like kids hurt and then i just rewatched episode one and the angle that he takes yes. it's like you know normally they'd come back up all right we got to get you know situated so that the camera looking at you in this horse carriage or wherever it is just outside coming in the window so we can see yeah. your reaction no we're gonna get down here with the fucking camera, and where you're gonna be holding your hands here, and John's gonna be looking at you like this, and the, ink, the camera's down there, like yeah. so unique. Yeah, it's not. It's not just like oh, we gotta film this, and it's up to the actors yeah. to you know fill yeah. this space to fill these angles of the camera. Like you gotta get that. But, but like what? What? 
what went to his brain to film it from that angle? Like, why did you do that? Because it because he has a vision and it just works. Well, it keeps you. It works because you don't you don't have to make a cut. Yeah. To like keep the makeup on or to let the actors redo the scene because they couldn't complete from the conversation they're having. Like it's a long scene in this yeah. in this card. I don't think there's too many cuts, and you don't have to make that cut. Or you cut to something else that lets them continue instead of breaking it and they don't have that you know because i'm sure it's very difficult as an actor when you're always cutting to go back and keep restarting the scene and keep going back eventually you kind of lose you know the natural the flow yeah, yeah yeah or the, the vibe that you had you were, you had a good beginning but your ending wasn't good so they keep recording until you have a good ending too yeah. and then some people just splice the good ending and the good you know the good ending together. yeah he he lets his scenes play out and like live and he can draw out reactions and i'm sure some i mean he's said this is his style is sometimes he just tells the actors what to do and then like let's see what happens let's just i wrote the dialogue say the dialogue but the emotion that you feel if you're gonna see surprised or are you gonna say this word versus this word emphasis on which which part and just let you've given them the direction as an actor they'll do it like let's see what happens and then i'm gonna film from this angle and you look up and it's just Give me a look that says, like, "Let the actors do their thing. Let you do what you think is cool." I already got cool shit that I already threw in this movie, like having someone run from <laughs> we the fuck by the hill and run in the snow all the way over while these guys are talking while they're carrying on. It's kind of like about it's almost like a throwback to um, uh, John Cleese's thing. What is it called? Um, Monty Python. Yeah, Monty Python, where the guys are. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. But it's kind of like similar to that where you just have someone running off like, oh, well, maybe we're cut to when this interaction actually occurs. No, yeah. we're going to fill in that space and that guy's always running there in the back. Yeah. yeah. And we can't redo the scene. Like, if we, if anyone fucks up here, we're going to have to restart. Hey, go back. <laughs> How funny. Yeah. I mean, it... I mean, he, he, he can pull tension through his scenes, yeah. like, really, really well. And, and he so, uses the right music choices. Like, there's, just there's so a lot of patience. To, there's a lot of patience in this film. It's like, he just lets the movie play. Just, it's almost like a well, theater. It's not patience, but the tempo is just set yeah. pretty well. And whether that's slow or when he wants it to ramp up with music or jolt you back and hey like are you paying attention like you know yeah that's that's the, that's the feeling that i always get is like oh sometimes there's lull in movies or maybe you you're not paying very close attention and sure. bam all right i got your attention watch carefully right he after he plays with that he knows that showing people just talking yeah. can be boring but the way he does it he keeps your he's slowing down the girl with you at the movie and starts to put her head on your shoulders like this yeah movie is nice yeah bam Trying Just to, kidding. I took uh, I took Jolie to uh, go see, no, it was you and me that went to go see Hateful Eight in the theaters. But then it came on Netflix or something, and I sat like sat with her and watched it. And she's and I was like, watching her, I was like, she's like, there's lots of talking. And I said, I know, like, it's, pay attention to the dialogue. It's important. Yeah, but she's not as into movies as I am, so she thought it was just why are we watching two people talking? Right. And it's like she's not paying attention to the camera angles or the what they're the actually selfies. saying. She's like, what's going on? Because that's how movies usually work. But Tarantino... Movies are normally like the carrot in front of the donkey. Yeah. Just like... 
come along, this yeah. thing, you keep going until, you know, you get your prize. Yeah. Tarantino's like, ha He... He he uses your attention. He he wants you to be Gives you bored. illusions of carrots in front of you. Like, oh, I, I want that. I'm yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Or like, he'll give you a, a a piece of it. Like, who poisoned the coffee? And he just shows a glove, like, yeah. pouring in. You try to identify, oh, whose glove is yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, let's let's think... watch the gloves. Who has a glove that looks like that? And, um, I mean, that's... I did catch one mess up, I think. Okay. So, when... Uh... Samuel comes to give the general his food and he puts the bowl down on the thing next so he yeah. like offers him food you should eat or whatever he says and he puts the the bowl down with a spoon yeah and then when he takes out his pistol he puts the, the pistol on the same table but the camera cuts to showing the pistol on the table oh yeah there's no bowl there so I think I'll have to go back and watch okay see. yeah I'm sure there was conti- continuity yeah like yeah. mess ups or whatever I was I was fine though I I find it enjoyable to kind of and I don't, I don't mean it like critical. I just think it's like, yeah, you know. it, well, it's interesting. It's, yes. it's almost like a behind the scenes of the movie. Right. It's like, oh, like, um, one thing that they messed up in the movie is, you know, that guitar that she had. Oh, this should be a full story, not just be one thing. Okay. But, uh, are you aware of that story yeah. that, um, the so pause, watch it, throw it into the <laughs> video, cut to the video. All so right. They can watch I think it I can put a clip in. I think I can put a clip. Think? Yeah, I think I can edit in a clip of it. So. Music time's over. Turn around. The so what what happened was they had a guitar and so Daisy Domergu is is playing the guitar and she's singing while uh, John Ruth drinks the poisoned coffee and then in between the time of him drinking the coffee and dying like he picks up the guitar and smashes it against the uh, against a well, he gets mad column. that she sings a song that says that he's gonna die because she watches him he drink the coffee and then yeah. she's like ah hey, I got these clever lyrics yeah. and he gets mad and smashes it and, and he's, then her reaction and, and her reaction was so real because that was the real guitar like they had a um, they they borrowed it from a museum that this was from the 1800s mm-hmm. a guitar that was old and $40,000 Forty thousand dollars and a Martin guitar. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and so I know that there was some. I don't think that was an accident, but Tarantino seems like the type of director that would go, just for this scene, I really want it to be authentic. I want you to hold it and play from the real guitar, and then you know she wants to play from the guitar because it's gonna sound better. You know, you can only get certain tones and notes. No, I'm saying behind the the scenes movie, like in in. Tarantino's giving her a prop guitar, and then for well, this scene, the pop, they want to use the prop guitar for this scene so they can smash a, a exact cheap guitar. So right, he can right. smash a cheap right. guitar. But then Tarantino probably said, "Here, use the real one." And so she's holding the real one, yeah. and then and he doesn't tell them. singing the song. They're taking the clips of her singing the song, them doing their things, and, and they, all of a and sudden they film the scene. They keep the they keep the continuation. Yes, the continuing. And and Kurt Russell, unknowing probably. Yeah. I mean, who knows who knew and oh, what, who didn't know. 
There's picked, no way he wants to throw some of his paycheck away to pay for this guitar. Well, I don't... I, um, Maybe they had insurance and he didn't have yeah, to worry about it. <laughs> well, I just don't think he was told. And so he picks up right. the real no, guitar. No, there's no way he knows. <laughs> he smashed it. I mean, it's like... And then her reaction for a split second was like... She wasn't acting. Right. I mean, that was her real yeah, reaction. Yeah. Like, oh, no, we have the wrong one. Right. And then they cut and he kept it in the movie. And that's... I. There's a story behind it. Yeah. There's... That's going to live in infamy or whatever. And most people don't know that, but... I bet you that wasn't an accident, like, the entire way. Yeah, make sure you guys check out. the ch- Be alert for that scene, because you'll see. We'll see what we mean by it. Yes. That look of, like, <gasps> Yeah. And she almost has, like, a smile on her face, like, <gasps> She probably knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, well, she, I'm sure she was expecting, like, a cut from Tarantino to be like, All right, exactly. we got what you got. Don't don't take the guitar. That's that's a real one, because I'm sure Tarantino didn't remember that, that he was doing it himself. He was just like, hey, Jack, no. get, or Kurt, get on the scene. All right. I think he goal. meant to do that. I think he filmed the scene, and he said, I want a performance. It's like shooting a play. It has Everything has to go right. Everyone, like, no, nobody messes up. We're doing this live. And movies, you think you can just do it over and over and over again, because you can get, like, reshooting uh, scenes and stuff. But... I think he just wanted that authentic one take, smash the real thing, and Ooh. yeah, I, that's what I think he did. Because he makes decisions like that. We'll tweet him. I have to give the following <laughs> to tweet. <laughs> oh, because my just my just my tag in him should uh, should be enough, right? I don't know. Do that after the podcast. Why? I don't know. Just don't be on your phone. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. We don't have a Jamie. We have to look up our information somehow. Yeah. I'm going to follow Quentin Tarantino. Did you mean to make, break a $40,000 guitar? Uh, the behind the scenes on that one, I think it, it was it was known. But anyway, so that was that was kind of a... An interesting... Like, another layer to why this movie's so cool and why he's... Once you hear that fact, you'll never forget it. And every time you watch this movie with friends, not you, I mean... Yeah. Anyone who watches this movie and they're... Did you guys know? Did you guys know? Did you guys know? It's like a cool little thing. Yeah. Um, the spotlights. He uses a lot of spotlights. Oh, yeah, you stopped... Not stopped me during the movie, but you asked me if I minded or if I... what did you say did I think it was cool or did you think it was like over the top because it's it's so unrealistic oh yeah I mean I noticed that the first time I watched it I was like why are these spotlights are on these tables like there's they're using candles around the place and they don't have you know outside lighting coming in from like you know a moon or whatever it's a blizzard outside so it's really dark so the lighting is the candles and then high beam spotlights yeah. on the table showing Very the candle obvious or spotlights. bowl or whatever the fuck yeah. like he doesn't even hide it right and I'm you want to make a movie realistic. You want to have good costumes. That yeah, you spent the time, time yeah going back and building this building and yeah taking the time to film this in the winter because I assumed that was on site. Well, right? you know, you know how much the, of it was on the, site. So the set was they built a cabin and they right. put like green screen in the back. I've seen the behind the scenes okay. of, of it, and they had they kept it on set at like forty degrees. So mm. when they breathe out, like so it's fake snow. It's fake snow, yeah. I mean, they're, they're but they're filming inside a very cold studio. Right. Um, that's why they're all bundled up. They actually are that cold. Yeah. And oh, yeah, you can breath, see the air. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all real. Uh, that's not an effect or anything. Right. right. Um, and then the wind blowing in, all the snow that was like so over the top, and 
and the the sound itself of the blizzard happening outside the entire movie it's really good effects that was really good really yeah that was that's pretty much what it sounded like (laughs) took me back yeah yeah i closed my eyes i was right i was watching the movie again Oh, I know you're mocking me, but it's okay. I, yeah, that's all right. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and then just the dialogue, every character, he uses dialogue to give you the backstory on every single, like, it makes the characters more interesting, gives them more depth. He, he's not just using dialogue to tell you what's happening or what's going to happen. Well, you're you're inferring have that. their own story as well, like. I guess not as much. The game members didn't give you as much backstory. They just know you're but part of the game. But they use dialogue to, to tell their stories, right. yeah. I wonder if uh, Joe Gage's story was real or not. Um, writing a letter to my mom or something, or writing the story of my life. Because he does whip out a book. I don't yeah. think it's a fake book. Yeah. You know, when they're setting up after they get there, and he sits at his table, puts the gun under the chair. Or I guess he has his gun on him and he's pointing it. We don't... Poor, uh, poor OB. OB got the worst <laughs> stick of it, dude. The driver, and he goes outside, he's freezing. Dude, the driver, you have to sit on top of this wagon and drive around, and you're only making, I assume, less than the 350 that he and, um, damn it, what's his name? What's Jackson's character name? Williamson? Uh, Mark West? Mark West? Yeah. I don't believe you. Okay. So you're looking up Samuel L. Jackson's character's name? Major Marquise Warren. Not even close, Mark West. Okay. I was guessing. You should know. I'm just kidding. Anyway, he, uh... Damn it, I lost my thought now. Rewind the video so I can remember. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, what about his character? Yeah, I forgot what I was... Joe Gage's life story or the background of the characters. So, what's his name? Mark... 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 Marquise West. Marquise Warren. Marquise Warren, yeah. So his backstory... I mean, he was a liar. Yeah. The the Abraham Lincoln letter? That wasn't real. Yeah. 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 And... This extended version definitely gave extra scenes to confirm that. Um, not, I didn't pick up the first time I watched it. I I didn't think the Lincoln letter was fake. I thought it was real at the very end. But as when it turns you read out, it for the last time, yeah, when you I, watch it in the theaters. I with, thought it, I, did we watch it together? We watched it you together. We watched it with Jolie both times. You thought the letter was was no. Real. The second time you told me because afterwards we talked about it and you were like, oh, the letter wasn't fake or wasn't real. Oh. So you thought that even even him admitting it in the movie was also a lie? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so. But now, it's after watching the extra scenes, it was fake. And the character uses Lincoln letter to, so that people are disarmed, so that he's can get kind of safe passage everywhere. That's shown in the real movie, though. That's shown in the theatrical version. He still if says it, that it disarms. If it was, he I didn't uses pick it up on as it. a disarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I missed that mm-hmm. that part of. There's it. also a lot of shit going on during that scene. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of subtleties that you're looking for that hopefully don't distract. You know, sometimes it can be that there's too many things. What, you know, 
<clears throat> I think that would be uh But I like that. It's layered. Sure, but most of the time you're not going to have people coming back to watch that movie a second time. Yeah, but that's okay because right. the first time, that's, he kind of gives you a reward if you watch it one time. But it's not as Or if you watch it five times. For someone who doesn't have, you know, a good uh, eye, I Yeah, guess. an in-depth, uh, I, I agree with you. Analysis. The ability I, to analyze while you're watching the movie and search for, look for thir- certain things yeah. and connect certain dots. You have to go back and watch it again. So it says, I think sometimes too much depth and too many layers and and making things confusing can be to your detriment in theaters. I don't as think far as theaters are concerned. I don't think audiences. in any of his movies that was done. But I like maybe it's too much of characters talking and that's boring and then it turns people off. But then he um, has a scene, the explosive ending with people shooting each other. Like, oh okay that brought my rating it's like a person gets bored as they watch the movie and then oh some action and blood all right give it a good review yeah yeah i mean he he um i don't think it's detrimental i think he chooses his own way of doing it and that's if you don't like it you like don't watch it mm-hmm. like this is what i'm choosing and he's not doing market research first and like a marvel movie he's what not do trying people like? to appeal to the general audience he's like i'm doing this whoever likes it Yep, and it turns out that it's, like, a lot really... more people than he thinks. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that about an artist that just does what they want to do, They and they execute on it, and it's not going to be perfect. Right. Like, certain artists, when they're painting, like, they choose to mess up certain details. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna screw up the lighting on this mm-hmm. one, or I'm going to fudge this detail. Touch. Yeah. yeah, and because they're indicating that I have control or mastery over this, this painting or this, right. this movie... The spotlights are obvious. Like, that's not because he's a bad director and he just missed it. It's because I'm gonna keep it in because it. I like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. This is his canvas that he's gets to choose what what's put on there. Right. So, um, yeah. Favorite character? There was a lot of bad characters in there. Um. Like, and you mean bad as in their characters were evil. Yeah, there were yeah. awesome characters. They were just evil. Um, I would say probably Maddox or the Mexican. <laughs> I, I have to agree. I, I like Maddox. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, and then Daisy. Yeah. Daisy always like very subtle but very powerful uh powerful performances every time she was on screen just like a yeah. simple long drawn out like blood all over my mouth smile at you and wink like yeah it's so good it's so golden it adds so much with so little and he's funny i think maddox is maddox yeah i there's so much love in this guy why don't you hop out and make some angels in the snow <laughs> a big old smile on his face like that's such a funny line yeah yeah he's he's hilarious yeah. he plays the idiot so well right um, and he is an idiot in this movie. Yeah. It was me. I knew I was right the whole time. It's like, no, you had a 33% chance and it just happened to be yeah. that the guy who actually knows what's going on deduced, you know, narrowed it down to it being your guy. Yeah. He just got lucky. Yeah. He's, and he like repeats what other people say with more emphasis and he thinks that's clever. Yeah. Get in the, get out of the basement. Like, yeah. <laughs> Real slow. <laughs> yeah. 
And he, he ends up teaming up with Samuel Jackson in the end. And it's like... He is a lawman. You know, he does have this back, bad, bad background. And he kind of like... He's a Confederate renegade. Yeah. And he... A lot of N-words. He humor. Oh, whoa. He drops a lot of... <laughs> there's not as much as Django, right, in this movie? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. The count? There should be a count for all of his... Oh, there's I'm a count. I'm sure there is. Somewhere. There's a count. Someone has the spreadsheet of, like, how many times. Yep. <laughs> all the swear words. So aggressive. <laughs> it's like, you don't see that in a movie. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It kind of hits you. It has some impact. You're like... Especially white characters saying it. It's like... They're saying it right to, like, Samuel Jackson's character's face. It's like... Didn't... Uh, I, th- I feel like you told me at one point that on the set sometime yeah that samuel told well, who was it um it might have been max maddox's character oh you think it was maddox i, I thought think it was so dicaprio and Django or something like that might have been dicaprio too he's like it's okay to say it you can you hey know, like samuel you got him you like, have to like they, don't worry about it so the story was some one of these characters like one of the actors like after like in between sets mm-hmm. went up to samuel jackson's like hey i'm i'm sorry about that so like it's fine like you just keep on saying it or whatever because that's what it's a movie it's like so um that was like a story that I have to be reminded even the actors on this after have been reminded that this is just a story it's fake it's, it's not real life yeah enjoy it do what you need to do yeah. um a lot of blood and guts i guess we already talked about that bob yeah ob having to drive the truck and tie the horses up and take the guns out to the to the toilet and then comes in just wants to get fucking warm <laughs> he's the first person to die he's the first person to he drinks the coffee and he just <laughs> he drew the short short stick and gets fucked for it yeah because he would have seen someone poison the coffee I love after they drink the coffee <laughs> <laughs> it's like the throw up scene from the Simpsons yeah dude I'm so glad we have like an infinite amount of movies that we could just choose from like Blade Runner. We haven't seen Blade Runner 2049 recently enough to do an episode on it. Yeah, you watched it like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, probably. And it inspired me to get the poster and actually put it up. It's one of my, so one of think, my favorite I think, movies. I think one of the next ones we're going to probably do is The Revenant. Oh, So get yeah. strapped in, boys and girls. Get those coats because we're staying in the snow. It's going to get chilly. Is there another movie in the snow? There's no. lots of movies in the snow, bro. <clears throat> no, I mean... like that Good I, movies. Yeah. Um... Snowman? No. Snowman? National Lampoon's Family Vacation? Nope. We only talk about good movies here. Um, like Sucker Punch. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's a good movie. You you guys like got wanna, Corey's stamp of approval. You guys want to do an episode on Transformers? I think that's coming out. Like, Ooh-wee! it's gonna be a good one. Waste of goddamn time. <laughs> Why would you watch a bad movie to talk about it? Like, I guess that's sort of contrast. You gotta watch a bad movie to make the good movies look pretty darn good. Yeah. Some people are not able to make the distinction like, oh, Transformers is one of my favorite movies, bro. Not if you're watching our channel. And Inception sucks. I didn't get it. Oh, there's too much shit going on. Um, Let's talk about episode one. Phantom Menace? No. Thanks, dude. You set me up again, dude. Second time's the charm. You still didn't remember the titles of these chapters. I don't remember the titles of the episodes. You remember that episode three is minis. That no. Domergoo's got Domergu's a secret. has got a secret. And then episode That's two is minis, haberdashery. And then episode four is like a final point or something. It's like called something like the last chapter. 
I don't I think remember. it's guy it's called the last chapter and then it has a subtitle yeah um last dates to red rock minis haberdashery I was right Domergu's got a secret the last chapter you got one all right okay. all right all right yeah. we're 50 50 okay and, and, and which of the four was your favorite <clears throat> minis got a secret Domergu has got a secret Mini, mini we're we're gonna who's mini we're gonna mini push the, through this podcast uh, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna get everything wrong and push oh, through we're holding you down and we're gonna shove this episode <laughs> down your throat and you're gonna like it you even said that during the break like dude we should have some better like production like, we should have like <laughs> we should be like no, listening I didn't, I didn't say we should have some better what was the point you made you said earlier that we uh we haven't been practicing the last 13 ep- 12 episodes are us practicing the next 20 episodes are going to still be us practicing. Do Eventually, you... boys and girls, ladies and gentle men. I was going to be clever with that, but I couldn't. <laughs> I'm a little foggy in there. One day this will be super professional. Yeah. But I you said you, said you never want to professional. Dress. Yeah, you said I'm never dressing up. I got sweats on. <laughs> I just wanted to show them my I ass I don't even have again. pants, so I can't get it's up. It's a running theme. I got to show them my tits and my ass. <laughs> I really hate that you do that. <laughs> But I realize it's not going to go away. <laughs> I realize it's not going away. No. If I, to have you as a co-host, it's like, there's just, you I got to deal with certain shit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that's true. What kind of shit do you have to deal with? Look at you. I have to deal with you, your dumbass face on this <laughs> pop video now. Your voice is one thing, but now I have to look at that Italian looking mother. I'm barely Italian. I thought I was Italian for years. Four percent. Yeah. So two percent because mom's four. I might be four percent Italian. Yeah. We thought we were like way more. Oh, maybe maybe mom was sixteen percent. I don't know. She took a. She a, spit I'm, in a cup. Spit in a cup. It and sent it in. Yeah. yeah, and we learned that we're mostly just boring European white people. We thought we were Italian. Put throw some spice in there. Not very much. Like this. <laughs> I was learning Italian at one point. That's not the right quote. Mamma mia. There's something go. else to use for look like this. I don't know. I, mean, I know, <laughs> but I can't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, I wish this was just audio so I could just goof off and no one would have to see me being a goof. There's there's some trade-offs with having a video. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to do my hair and shit. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You gotta, like, put on... Well, you a don't shirt. even change. Nope. You just... Dude, last week's episode, you had, like, a hoodie on the entire... I was like, what? Is... I, don't... I wasn't even going to question it. I don't think we addressed it. Not on camera. Not on camera. On camera, you were you were worried about me. Dude, were you okay? <laughs> yeah, I was fine. That one doesn't have a hood. Nope. So we'll pretend. Uh, you said episode three was your favorite. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we always get... We always get, like, meta, like an hour into the podcast i just like i start off a certain way because i want to yes sir how i start and then we just get like it's all my fault dude yeah you break through. i snowball yeah it's chopping at this tree we'll knock it down eventually let's have some fun boys and girls yeah um but anyway you're, you're a little rough around the edges as they can tell you know on screen today yeah yeah. No, no, I just mean all the time. So I gotta like soften those oh, edges. Yeah, it's a little bit more presentable. We're like yin and yang. Like we are. We talked about this in episode one. We're like very different personality types. I'm a little bit high strung. Not a little bit. I'm. We're a Venn diagram. What's in the middle? 
Stupidity. <laughs> She's just being idiots. Oh my god. What do you like? What do you like outside this podcast? Life. Yeah. I enjoy life. I got asked that question the other day. Corey, do you enjoy life? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly like that. Yeah. Around coworkers, and she's like, oh, didn't expect that. I was like, that, that, bro, that, like, made me instantly go introspective and be like, why would someone think that I don't enjoy life? Well, because there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. There's a lot of people that. assume that most people don't, and then ask a person, and then you're surprised that they're not, even though they're carrying themselves in a way that shows that they're enjoying life. That breakdown of how I portray myself is something I hope to be able to work on and, and, you know, never let that mistake, the case of mistaken. uh... Do you think you value, like, happiness first versus almost anything else? Do you think that's selfish or self centered? Like, what what do you think? Not my happiness. I'm not only worried about my happiness. Okay. Yeah, talk about that. Like, oh, say more. Well, say more on that, yeah. Any, anyone that I come into contact with. People that I live around. Neighbors. You. I'm worried about everyone's. I'm not trying to please everyone. Yeah. Because I think that can let, send you down a road of never having um, <clears throat> satisfaction or never... Yeah. Never find yourself having success if you're always trying to please someone else because no, you can't make anyone else happy. It's like worrying about judgment of yeah. others. I like, know I'm happy and I do what I need to do to make myself happy and then I make sure or I carry myself in a way that will never make someone else unhappy. It may be neutral and I can get to that neutral point and I can be neutral with whoever, strangers that I have interaction Why? with. But friends, I want to make you laugh, I want to make you you know, have interesting conversations or if you need some quiet or you need a shoulder to cry on or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoy seeing other people happy because I'm already happy. So I don't have to, I don't have to shit on you. I don't have to make fun of you, even though I do. Yeah. You, you and most people around me. Yeah. Uh, that's my just kind of like shtick is making fun of you with a smile on my face. You know, it's funny. I yeah. know it's funny. Dude, you said like the meanest shit to me and I just like laugh because I'm like, I brought this on myself because I'm like mean to you and then you just do it back and you do it like so well that it's, it's disarming. It's like, wait, this guy's such a nice guy. Like, why is he being so, like, you'll just, you'll make a cutting remark and just look at me and like, okay, I have this image of you at, me at the fridge, like getting food out late at night or something like that. And you're like, you're going to eat that, you fat ass. And you just look at me and I just look and I'm just like, oh, that hurts. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't care. I don't feel like. I feel both the the hurt from it. And then I'm like, I don't care. Like, and I know you don't mean it. You just say it with with with. You're just all about like you just say it with a lot of love. I always yeah. make fun of people at work for being slow, and they're the fastest ones. So I'm like, <laughs> speed it up. <laughs> it's the best to like play into someone's insecurities, like to poke around with that, and it's like, it's kind of like lowering the vulnerabilities and just. It is fun, but you need balance. Of course, you cannot go too far. No, because then people. Well, smile and laugh to your face, but inside. But fuck, you fuck read that, that really well. Yeah. You know that. I know what line I can go. What bo- <clears throat> I'm able to read enough of body language and expression and reaction to be like, oh, found the line. Yeah. Let's take a couple a couple steps back, not just like we, not cross it. We live together, and I don't think you. I don't think I have a line that you. I mean, you know what annoys me or what irks me, but you kind of push and play with that. 
but I don't think you could ever offend me. You got a shitload of buttons, and I like making sure I press all of them at one point. <laughs> I press yours too, though. I mean, like, we do this to each other. Would you say, or do you think it doesn't affect you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. <clears throat> like, <laughs> I don't even know what I do to you, but. I know. You just don't care. Yeah, you, you said that to me the other day. You were like, dude, I think you should... Because uh, we, we talked about, with me and Joe and the transgender issues, I said, I don't... Like, the world doesn't care. The world doesn't care. And I kept no, like, no. making that point. Wasn't that just the world? You said the phrase... I don't care. I don't care at least five times. I just made... And you told me, you should not say that as you much. You shouldn't say that because... Guess who else isn't going to care if you don't care? You got to care about something. You said the viewers won't like that like if you put that in video form and put it up on youtube put it up on a channel that people watching that won't like that you're saying that it doesn't it doesn't lend to you to say that you don't care i, I think, think you're right I, I think you're right in a lot of ways it detracts from what you um all your points things that you say if you keep reiterating to people that you don't care means that you you know, it almost gives off the vibe of, like, I haven't fully thought this through, or this is just a, a train of thought type of way that I'm going, which sometimes it is, but that was just the comment I made. I, I think it's almost, like, funny to make the point that, like, I aggressively do not care about what you think about this. Yeah. And, and that's how we're yin and yang, because I aggressively care about how you think about this. Yeah. I... I'm pretty, like, high-strung and I care about lots of stuff, but I, I don't care about... Other, like, I, I'll be selective and tell people to their face, I do not care about how you feel about... Like, you see it this way, I see it this way. My way is correct from... And I'm, I've got, like, a, a load of evidence that I would say is why it's correct. If you were... If you were and us. I don't care that you think that way. Like, you, you disagree, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's almost like calling someone an idiot. It's like, listen, dummy, you don't know. And that's that's a very... I get, like, this feeling of... Like, it makes me feel really good to be, like, aggressive and, like, shut someone else down. And I know it's, like, a negative, but it's kind of competitive. I don't mean it, like, in a really mean, like, crushing someone's soul or heart. I don't like that. You're trying to get through to them. I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to have an impact. Like, if you were a superhero, you'd be Juggernaut. If I was a superhero, I'd be Juggernaut. Okay, I don't know what, I don't know, who's Juggernaut? He's got a hard head. I'm not hard-headed. Douche! Oh, Douche. Is, is it the guy from X-Men? Yeah. He's I know who you're talking about. But I, I like to have that <coughs> persuasion... Persuasion... Persuasion. Persuasion. I can't say that. Persuasion. Persuasion on people. Um, it's... And I'm, I'm usually pretty effective at doing it. And you have a definitely different vibe of like... People just get calm or I accept the idea. I make them think it. Yeah. Yeah. But also because you're happy because you come from a good place. So, like, you want other people to feel good, too. Like, why do you think that you have such, like, positive emotion all the time and other people don't? Like, wh what is that thing? I think there are a varying amount of factors. And... You always have is kind of the first... Not always. Really? It's, it's something that I've refined since entering my, in the last 10 years. You, you I've learned a lot from you. Yeah. Like, in the time that we've been living Most together. Most people do. <clears throat> you got a lot of good stuff to, to give. Like, you're a great person. 
Thanks. Yeah. I think you're a great person too. Yeah. For as many faults as you have, you're you're uh, you're a chummy dude. <laughs> Chum. What is? <laughs> chummy. Get along easily with people. Yeah. Or at least you think you do. <laughs> I don't really have problems. Like, if I. I have conflict with people, but I it's always choice conflict that I like. Like if I get in an argument with someone, I'm not aggressive. That battle. Yeah. I, I like doing it. I like arguing with someone. I like seeing their. I like getting beaten, and because it means I I get to go. Oh, all right. I get to Some improve. Growth. Yeah. Um. I I like being competitive, and I like like when we're playing magic. I almost enjoy when someone beats me in a really creative way, because that's awesome. Like. Yeah. I, I think most players would I don't have ego lose, about it. lose that way instead of losing to variants or RNG. People, so many people blame in card games like, oh, my, my deck is so stupid, it doesn't give me the right... It's like, why are you caring about what the random, the dice roll of chance is with the next card's going to be off the top of your deck? I would prefer someone complaining about that than just silently... Um... Feeling bad, I guess, to use a poor, <laughs> poor words, but to just like Don't internalize, keep in. yeah, to just internalize and just be quiet about your loss and stuff like that. I'd rather you be, because you'll get it. You once you get that, you want to let it out. Forget that frustration out. You can move on. Otherwise, you just sit on. You're like, God, this fucking game. I think there's value in calculating though. Like, take it in word, and if you're upset about something, like you're you're like you don't have the job you want. Well, take that in. Don't be the silent person that like just hates their life and keeps it resentful and lets it build up i agree that that's not very good for you um but i guess I'm, i guess i want the same thing for people that i want them to let it out but i want them almost to take it in and calculate it before they um, people aren't as calculated i don't think pe- i think most people, people will should. be sure but i don't you know, think more people will be i more, have, more people are I've going come to, to learn that lackadaisical like i think the the trend of how people are acting yeah. is less caring about analyzing stuff and taking time to think before they open their mouth. And if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. That is kind of going away. You're encouraged to be vocal. You're encouraged to just put everything out that you want. They, t- they tell us that in business yeah. class, yeah. they go, you need to speak up in this class. A large percentage of your grade is, did you, did you speak up and ask the speaker a question? So if you don't have any questions, you better think of some because that's how we get things done in this in the yep. business world. Yep. And so I I love it because it's a perfect master's degree for me to get is a master's in business. It's like, oh, I am supposed to just talk. Be and, inquisitive, yeah. And confront people. And like, you could do it nicely. Like, hey, I wanted to meet you, like very assertively. And anything that rewards assertiveness, that's, that's my element to be in. Um, and you are not a person that values like being assertive to people like you're not gonna like hey i wanted to talk to you or i wanted to um convince you of this i want to make a sale to you um you like to you like that energy of letting people come to you if they want to and um i like going out to people and then giving them something good Mm -hmm. and i'm that's why i'm constantly doing and thinking of stuff um yeah that's it's very interesting to I, I like I didn't know we were going to go down this road but I like talking about um, how you and me are our dynamic and everything because it, it's it's important for people to realize they may not be able to put their finger on it but if we give a voice to how we view it 
lend some insight to some others. And you guys can comment in the things that we're actually assholes. Or we're really nice guys. People are complicated, and <clears throat> they put up... Like, you're seeing two hours of us on screen, on camera. We got so much baggage. Like... We leave that all the door. Yeah. We're just in here, in our studio, recording our show. Dude, nice studio, bro. I bought movie posters so that it could be better. I mean, people are probably noticing them over the earlier episodes. <clears throat> I want to give it, it some sold pizzazz. Out. I don't think it's selling out. You should have had those posters up before. If you're such a big movie fan, why don't you show it off? I have or is a there a big fan. movie collection? No I... credibility, Michael. Just because it's in your head doesn't mean the rest of us can believe you. Big movie fan. I'm not worried about I it. I got posters after my podcast came out. Who cares? <laughs> Where do we go now? Shade. I was giving you shade and you fell for it. No. I didn't fall for it. I just don't care. Which is what I always say. This is the third time you said it now. <clears throat> I don't care. There should be a count. There's going to be a count on the editing where you name all of Tarantino's movies. They're going to be... Bing! 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 bing, bing. Winner! <laughs> Some sound effect. Yay! What if Tarantino's already shot his 10th movie with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because now it's been 10? So, because Kill Bill was two parts. So he's done. Nope. He's never going to make a movie again. Nope. Just because you present a movie in volumes doesn't mean it counts as two. Apparently not. Quote of the day. <laughs> Very insightful. <laughs> it's totally false. All right, you wanted to talk about Samuel <coughs> Lamar Jackson. What is his middle name? I don't think that's a... Lincoln. Samuel Lincoln Jan Jackson. Samuel. I love Samuel Jackson. What's his middle name? Let's look up Samuel Jackson's middle name. <laughs> look it up. No, start on your point. I'll look it up while you're talking. <coughs> uh, very complicated character in this movie. Jackson's character? Yeah, what did you say? Yeah. Um, he tricks you. He tricks you. He he is not a good guy. Everyone thinks like... So Tarantino sets him up as he is the only black character. Well, he's not the only black character, but he's the... Of the of the eight. So... And they're all like kind of racist. I guess back in the day, everyone... They're throwing out N-words and being kind of like very ignorant, ignorant towards him. And he's a general of the union right it was a com um commander captain he was a captain all right thanks buddy um the cavalry was he yeah of the of the cavalry so of for fighting for the union so he's kind of like an older uh, retired soldier <clears throat> and now he's a bounty hunter and they he, he was dishonorably he was honorably discharged I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he was honorably discharged for when he escaped from uh, being a prisoner of war. He killed Union and Confederates. So I think he was honor dishonorably or honorably discharged. I don't know what... They kept using the phrase, like, yellow stripe down his back, walked out of the camp, and was forced to walk out of the camp in a way. So that sounds like, you know, something. Maybe. Discharged from the military. I, I just can't remember. Um, he gets picked up from the first scene of the movie 
uh, <clears throat> with three bodies that he's because his style of bounty hunting is killing people and taking them in because I'm not dealing with bring them in dead or alive and that's diametrically opposed to John Ruth who says what's his quote it's like doesn't have to be that hard yeah that was a big part in the beginning where John Ruth says uh so yeah that scene it was like it was like Samuel Jackson says it doesn't have to be that hard like just kill him and after John Ruth is like something worth doing or something is is hard work and he's like well it doesn't work doesn't have to be hard I guess it doesn't have to be that easy either yeah exactly yeah so there's there's just two men with opposite views that are both bounty hunters and I kind of um made the point that that's sort of like you can you could step back and say like um black people or black culture it's like and and a lot of immigrants too like I, I noticed this with um my my girlfriend's family is Puerto Rican it's like kind of kick back like take it easy you don't have to work so hard I mean like they're hard workers but it's like you don't have to be so high strung all the time or high uh go 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 like imperialistic um I think the British historically have always been like we must go from our island and colonize the world and spread Christianity and spread our good ideas and the Spaniards did that with in, in uh, Mexico and South America and like the Inquisition and that kind of energy. It's like hard work, Puritan. Um, it's interesting that Spanish culture has since gone away from that. Well, South American culture is very different from like American Hispanics are way different from Spain well, yeah. Spanish. Well, that's what I mean. Like Spain, Spain has chilled out and yeah, gone away from that kind of imperialistic style yeah whereas the british just like literally this week left the european union yeah because they said like screw you we're not playing we don't want to play by the european union's rules and so they did brexit and they're their own island little nation that still thinks that their queen like is the supreme ruler like the world of the world and it's like that's a rightful place no i don't think many people think that the british do Maybe on the face, but not deep down. I, I think, think they do. I think they've gotten away from the idea of the holiness of a monarchy. I think I think it's always the case. I think older people, it's like a tradition. Older people that are British all, God save the queen, and they respect the institution. Whereas young people go, like, we're just another country. It's the same thing with Americans. Like, people think that there's a certain way of doing things, and that's kind of the old way. And we still have remnants of that. And definitely a big part of American culture is, like, black and white um people like getting along and getting to know each other and getting like there's always that uh, undercurrent of um strife i guess and um it was very outlined in in that first scene with with samuel jackson well that goes back to like our talk about getting people to like voice their their disappointment or anger or whatever emotion they have that may be negative and keeping it in i think in the past in america they kept it in and now it's getting light and you get it out and you open it kind of will clear the air you think that's the there's definitely an upward trend as far as that undercurrent will eventually subside and you just won't people will just be people yeah regardless of what you look like what color your skin is what your sex is what your orientation is don't worry about it just be you be nice to the people around yeah yeah we'll call it the montoya religion the montoya religion i've i've learned a lot about like i, I learned to go manifesto. 
go go away from Montoya's manifesto. That is better. Uh, I've learned to go away from like, don't work so hard. Like, it's not that hard work. Hard work Chill, is good. Bro. Chill out, relax. Just like treat yourself. Like have have good intentions, and the world will be good back to you. Yeah. Like you don't need to be angry. Karma be. exists. I do think karma exists. Yeah. Well, it's also like a balance thing, and we're ruled by Newton laws that say there are balance. You give and you take. And you may take, but something's gonna give. I think it's, it's probably gonna be you. I think it's also healthier for you. Yeah. You know, you, every, you want stress is like a big factor of illness and not content. Death. If you're always stressed out, it takes a toll on your body, and you tend to. Live a shorter life. Yeah. Raoul Dahl, uh, the guy who wrote Matilda, had a had a quote that like, when people are ugly inside, their it goes onto their face, and their face becomes uglier and crooked, and they become ugly. But you can have an ugly person that's happy inside, and the way they smile, it it doesn't matter how ugly they are, you can see that their face looks very uh, represents their their inside um, as well. And that was kind of a cool concept i mean that goes back to our movie like joe joe gage is portrayed to be an ugly person in this movie and his actual name is something like not leatherface it's like uh you know when re when he yeah. reveals his true identity his name gives gives an ode to his uh displeasing uh, grouchy appearance. or yeah, something, something grouch yeah grouch the grouch yeah something like that yeah yeah um, but do you think Samuel Jackson's character was a good guy or a bad guy? He's a hateful guy. He's a hateful guy. Turns out to be still not so great. News. Yeah. Well, I think he was still neutral. He's being haunted. He's living in a bad time to be black in America. Yeah. I mean, a better time than it was, but it's still not, you know. He's in the West, post-war. All that shit is still out West, like, a little bit more uncivilized yeah. than the rest of the nation and certainly the south at that time you know if the date that you mentioned 18 1878 yeah. yeah civil war was the 1860 right so i don't think he was a bad character he I... was pretty neutral he's taking he's defending himself from people who are attacking him bringing them back earning a living the story he told about the general's son can oh be, God. you know. Let's oh, oh, don't even go there yet. I, I want to talk about that one, but that was a crazy scene. Um, he's nice to Minnie. Yeah, I he's, think he's nice to people and respects. He's nice them. to people. He's very smart. Manipulative. Yeah, he's, he's very, very smart. smart. Yeah. He is the character that is figuring out the the yeah. mystery yeah. of the he's movie. He's the detective in this movie. He's the detective. Um, and he he seems like the victim at first, like he's getting picked up. Man versus My horse nature. broke its leg. Yeah. And he ends up conning his way into the stagecoach through a letter that turns out to be fake from Abraham Lincoln. So he's a con man. But he's very, very smart and intelligent in how he does it. And he's he has all these racist white people around him shouting words at him. And he kind of keeps his cool and he keeps, you know, he's just very, like, almost like zen about it. Like, I've... I've, I've dealt with this. I'm old... I already know how to handle these racist white boys. And 
the old Confederate general that sits down, that, that's in the... He goes over to him and offers him a bowl of stew. And that Which was... Like, a battlefield. Yep. Yeah. And so... Appealed to his old military style of thinking and being like, we have something in common. Even though you think we don't, and you're, you hate me, you know, are you going to take this away from me too? Because you've taken my humanity and my dignity and my honor and, you know, all the other things that a racist would take so, or all, attempt. All, all these indicate that he's a good person, but actually... All that's a fucking tool he uses in his manipulation tactic to get what he wants, which is... Frontier justice. A lot of frontier justice in this movie. Yeah. That, that Even in the one small little room, you can have the Western themes. Oh, yeah. Of, um, I think in every aspect of society, in small, isolated areas, you're going to have frontier justice. Sure. Because you don't have the, the um, viewing. Every episode. What? Did I knock this? Yeah. Don't lie. <laughs> I might have been like once. One time, exactly. <laughs> this is the second time. One time. Uh, Frontier Justice. How did he do Frontier Justice against... Uh, no, no, I just feel like you won't have... In, in small groups, and that can vary in number as well, but if, if it's in isolation and no one is outside looking in able to be critical, you're usually going to have Frontier Justice. You're going to rely on ideas of what uh, What's fair, order yeah. and justice looks like from each perspective, and that all will culminate in this Like, moment. for example, John Ruth says, uh, the hangman has to earn a living, too. So that's why I bring him in, you know, alive. And they actually meet up with the hangman inside, the, you know, by coincidence or whatever. And He's the one running from way off in the distance. No, 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 no that's Max. Oh, you're right. He's not the actual human, though, either. No, he's uh, Tim Roth. Or was it Marbury? Marbury. Oswaldo Marbury. Marbury. <laughs> it's like, that's fake. That's... We all know that's a fake name. We're already suspicious of you. In the beginning, you know, until it's revealed that they're all, all in cahoots, every single one of them, except the general. Yeah. You're yeah. Sus suspicious of him and Joe Gage. Yeah. And uh, Bob is the Mexican. Talk, keep talking about um, Samuel Jackson. And his story. And his the frontier justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting his yeah. dick sucked. Yeah. His Johnson. His he keeps Johnson. Johnson. Big black Johnson. And he's like, suck my, my Johnson. I was like, oh, you missed him, man. You could have said dick. Yeah. It would have. There's, there's such a succinct sound there. Suck my dick. I think, yeah. I think the Tarantino writing it, like, thought of that he's yeah. like i'm gonna i'm gonna mess i'm gonna because yeah. he says not it use the right thing yes yeah. suck my johnson it's like yeah. oh yeah uh, it was off off yeah. tempo it was yeah. almost like you know how jazz it's like yeah. uh off beat off beat and it's that's you know it doesn't happen only in jazz it happens with most music sure um good try though. good try though <laughs> he also calls it a dingus which is like awesome he sucked, he, he, like, he licked my dingus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, the delivery was so, like, graphic. It was so, like, dude, I remember being in the theater and watching that scene going, like, holy shit. Like, that's, so, first of all, it's like. He walks over, he hands the bowl to the guy, and he sits down, and he's, like, starts telling the story. He's, he's gonna go getting get chummy. Back. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, yeah, we shared a battle. How's your wife? How's your family? Oh, I actually know your son. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And he, he gets up and, like, as he's starting the story, he takes his gun out and puts him right next to yep. the old Confederate guy. No, doesn't he get in his face first before he puts his gun down? He tells the whole story. He gets to the It's end real and, intimate, real yeah, close. Yeah, it's real close. The brim of his hat is touching almost uh, the general's forehead. Yeah. Wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. And then he tells the story and sets the gun down. Yeah. What you gonna do about it? Yeah. And he tells his story. And the thing is, he's already a liar at this point because the Abraham Lincoln letter was fake and everything. So we don't know if this story is accurate. In fact, it probably isn't true. Yeah. But they they have cutaways of, like, so his the Confederate son was uh, a, a bounty hunter or, like, a hunter nope. of black people, was right? Just a, like, he was just a farmer. He was just someone going after $5,000 trying to kill trying samuel trying to kill samuel yeah yeah and Marquise. uh warren warren um this is the part where i said we should have fucking character names somewhere somewhere referred to instead of oh we don't have that one up here we don't have that one i don't have enough room no actually well, I, have, okay. I have plenty of room <laughs> i'm gonna get all these posters um there's literally like 10 spaces right here. and he like it was just so like uh with racist white people um, they found that, uh, like the, I made the analogy on the, during the break, it's almost like, um, a, a pastor that, uh, preaches that, uh, homosexuality is a sin probably watches gay porn. Like same thing with racists. They watch like, uh, black people like having sex with like white women. Cause it's very like, so graphic. It's like, that's where the cuck came from that, you know, that, that term, um, and explain so, that term for our audience. Yeah. The, so a cuck is, uh a certain type of like humiliation porn where <laughs> you no, just stop now <laughs> you said it you, you just it. yeah you you just like having me say all this stuff so that oh my god i'm so sorry you guys about can't this. tell we don't want to be graphic but Can, you can't tell that his face is a red boy yeah um it and... look like a dirty indian <laughs> oh god this is going off the rails and so you you uh like you let your woman have sex with another man uh oftentimes like a black man uh in front of you and that's humiliating towards you and then so racist people can watch um like you know they're, they're racist but it's like it's like it's what you're not supposed to be um it's like the hateful part that they're just doing research on the enemy exactly that's that's and so uh that's why he told the father, I made your son suck my dick. And, and he goes into detail. Like, yeah. I made him walk for two hours. He stripped down to his butt ass. Yeah. And he finally fell down. I offered him a blanket. And in order to get the blanket, he had to suck my big Johnson. You're like, damn. Yeah. That was so, it was so cutting. It was so. Um, it was so much blood in his mouth. It was warm. Yeah. yeah. And. Oh, that was it was an intense scene. Yeah, um, very shocking, very disturbing, and it delivered. Yeah, you got what, sure. if you're a Tarantino fan, you got what you wanted at the end of that scene. Oh, good story. Oh, it's tense. Oh, oh, it's kind of cringy. And then I had no idea it was bang. Go. Yeah, and then yeah, and then there's that explosion, the crescendo. The 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 old man gets up and shoots him, and crescendo. It gets increasingly louder. Okay, the the. What's the thing at the end where they clap the two? The, uh... 
I thought that's the crescendo. Symbols. Yeah. It's not called that either. It's not a crescendo is when you... Why do we bring up so much shit that we don't know we're talking about? <laughs> a crescendo like, is like... I think the it's climax. Usually, it's, it's usually the... it's usually like one of those long arrows that gets from a small point into a louder. That's what it would show as a crescendo on a piece of music. So it gets increasingly louder. Whereas we want something that's sudden and jolting. I don't yeah. know what that's called. I forget. I haven't done music in. I don't. Than, I don't want to know. More than ten years. Yeah. I'm just trying to improve your vocabulary. Yeah. So you can be more accurate with your language for our viewers and listeners. Yeah. All zero of them. Yeah. No, it's okay. We got two out there. We, we'll get at least two. Um, but anyway. One of them's you. One of them's me. <laughs> anyway, back to your point. No, that was. I think I said everything and more. Did you beat that horse. That I wanted to wanted to say about that scene. Um, I really liked that they they went there. I thought it was very. Um, he took it to places I didn't think he would incites people to violence yep i mean the goriness and the jarringness and the amount of blood one of my favorite scenes is where you have this connection between Domergu and johnny john johnny Domergu and his brother her brother uh jody jody so they finally get reunited they finally get to lay eyes on each other and she's all smiling as he comes out he turns around he's like they make eye contact. Yeah. He's like, how how are you? She's like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great now. Happy to see your here. dumb face. Yeah, happy yeah. to see your dumb face. Now he says, how are you doing, dummy? Yeah. She's like, I'm great now that you're here. Bang! And his head explodes. And there's, you see the, you see the explosion? It's, you don't, it's not like super like gory and it doesn't linger on that scene. Yeah. The part that he wants to linger is on the fucking wave of blood and brains that lands on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to to your point, her face is just like shocked and she's um, covered in blood. Yeah. Looks like she came out of a pool of blood. Yeah. And guts and brains that are left there. It's not just blood. It's not just like a spattering. It's gore. Yeah. It's a, literally a wave of, <laughs> of exaggerated amount of blood coming out of her head and spewing on someone's face. And then she like takes the machete and chops. The guy's arm Soon. off. Yeah. So, like five things and eventually and she it's, has it's to just rip it off. Dangling around. There's so many movie points in this movie where I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, you and I are laughing because we're like, it's just ridiculous. It's over the top. And you can't take it seriously. Like you can't. It's serious. Ooh, look at that love. You guys want to hop out and make some snow angels? <laughs> Maddox is so funny. Yeah. Woo-wee. I was right the whole time. I'm just like, no, you weren't. No, he's, you weren't. You're yeah, you just happened to he's guess. He's a correctly. useful idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's such a follower. Because yeah. like, his character, like, he's gonna be the sheriff, but he's a complete idiot. And he shows up and he just, oh, it takes command from the Confederate. And now they're just being chummy together. They're all a bunch of racists talking about, you know, Confederates that lost. And he has then one he teams job up. To watch them to not move, and he ends up turning around to see what happens and gets shot for it. Yeah, and he teams up yeah. with Samuel Jackson in the end, like. So you were all, like, racist, like, saying all this stuff, and then now you're, like, best friends? Because like, you're such a... Um... That goes for any community. As long as you have anyone who's not your enemy, or the enemy of your enemy is my yep. friend. Yep. Like, you know, that's an old-time thing, I feel like, too. It's like, if you... You got to do what you got to do in order to win. And so that was an interesting quote yeah. they said, too, is that she's the devil. She'll do literally anything 
to escape the hangman. Yeah. And what are these guys doing? Anything to stay alive. Like, we're going to shoot all these guys who are suspicious of. We can't even prove anything. There's not 15 people coming for your backup. Yeah. We're still going to kill you. Yeah. We're going to collect. Yeah. Um, the mystery element of this movie was so well done. It's very slow moving and they just well, it's definitely tarantino s because sometimes you can have yeah. that slow moving thing and then the movie just ends it yeah. doesn't go back doesn't give you anything you literally have to go back and watch the movie again and be like all right i know what happened i know the conclusion does the director take the time to set up these clues and make them recognizable for someone yeah watching it the first time sure you can go back and watch it the second time but this one's kind of like all right here's the clues blah 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 oh just kidding Earlier that day, we're going to go through this day again, or at least the first, whatever, like yeah. four hours of, here's the setup. Here, we're giving you everything. It's no longer a mystery anymore. Now you get to watch a bunch of people get shot, and yeah. you know, and the tension music, and it builds up, and then it gets shot in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked, dude. Yeah. Oh. I noticed another thing is that, um, uh, Maddox, when they're on the bed, and they're pulling... Mini up the hanger. Yeah. And he lays back. No, not Mini. Daisy. Daisy. Damn it. Falls back, hanging Daisy. She's strangling there with a... With a... John... John, John Ruth's arm. Ruth's arm dangling from... From handcuffs. And he lays his back right on Samuel L. Jackson's balls. And there's no reaction from Jackson. It's like... Your dick really doesn't hurt. Or... When he said, I can't feel my ass, he was serious. And yeah. his whole midsection is just numb because yeah. he can't feel anything. Yeah. That's, I was, that's, that was no, funny. that's an interesting point. And I just love the angle that they're pulling yeah. and hanging because it, it was symbolic. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. All right, 50-50, we end this podcast right now. Okay. Tails. Then we end it? That we end it. Oh. It's heads. What the fuck do we it's say? meant to be. <laughs> what the fuck do we say? No, you're no, supposed to already just, have a plan. No, we just keep talking about what we liked about them. I mean, there's there's no end there's to the n- amount of depth this movie has and appreciation for how that's what we I feel. like how we appreciate how much we appreciate Tarantino's finished project. And product. I can do this about any of his movies. I can keep going and going and Wee! going. Yeah. Should we go backwards? Uh, at the culmination, we'll give 9 and 10. The last okay. Tarantino. Well, I think... Now, you made the prediction that there's not going to be an end to it, so... Yeah, he'll keep going. I think he, you're wrong. He loves... You put some money on it? I'll bet you a quarter. Okay. Bet his 10th movie will be his last one? Yep. Okay, I'll take that bet. Okay. Um, high stakes bet. High stakes bet. Um, I got nothing. I got no notes. No stories for this one. The way the first episode really sets the the stage was done awesome. Like with the dialogue and the story, and you know they play the music and she looks up like that that whole scene I saw you rewatching it like right before we start this and that was so good I I hope people watch this and like get the same appreciation and they can see all the things that we're picking up on and if they don't then watching this will encourage them to do it 
for the next one because Django Unchained is the be exact prepared, same guys. One. Go watch the rest of Tarantino's movies because yeah. that'll come up and you know yeah. Hopefully you'll pick up on something, and if we miss something, we also want to know because we like having that extra trivia of knowing that a guitar you tell broke. Us. Yeah, yeah, was worth one hundred forty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's not really that big a deal in the grand scheme of this, but um. Uh, Nick, melee from uh, name played, dropping. Played cards with um, he, he's a good guy. He's like the problem with you guys' podcast is that I haven't seen the movie, so I don't want to watch the podcast or watch the show, and I kind of was like. I think that's okay. I think if he wants to go... If we do a movie that you haven't seen, go watch the movie. Yeah, we actually got sponsored by all these movies. So the yeah. more people we get to watch means the more people watch the movies. Money so we, in our pocket. Yeah, we get... Yeah, we get... Cents on the dollar every yeah. time someone watches a movie. Yeah. That forty nine four ninety nine you pay on, on Amazon? Yeah. We get a... If you guys... <laughs> yeah. If you guys watch it on Netflix, they they throw us like $40 yeah. every, every time. So $400. Yeah. Oh, Four you get 400 wasn't supposed to tell you that. What's, yeah. We worked out the contracts Should all not right. have said that. Uh, Are we ever going to do a Harry Potter movie? I I would, but I find them pretty bad. Okay. The first couple are good. Avengers movie? Or Marvel movie, I should say. Uh, those are just boring. To, I mean, they're okay. Okay. I would do Civil War or, or Winter Soldier. How about... Those are the best ones. A Saw movie. Saw I would do. Saw 2. Saw 3. Saw 4. Original Saw? I Saw? Jigsaw? No, not Jigsaw. It's not worth a while. It's the worst one. Yeah. No, no, no. No, we got a running list of 20 movies that we got to tackle before we go to these. Joker. We want to do Joker. The Revenant. Tons of other ones. Yeah. All right. You want to wrap this one up? Give me some wrapping paper. Put it in a bow. Thanks for tuning in. Episode... 13. It wasn't bad luck. We did well. Yeah. Could have gone. Closing thoughts. Could have gone better. Could have gone. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I know you mentioned that everyone, uh, all of Tarantino's movies would be a 5 out of 5. Yeah. That holds for this. Yeah. Yeah, this is a 5. Yeah. This gets this a 9.5 out of 10 for me. So. 9.5. Wow. All right. Wow. Thanks for watching, everyone. Or not. Go watch the movie. And Go then come it. back and uh, call in. Give us your thoughts. Yeah. Tweet me. Subscribe. Instagram. TikTok. TikTok. Twitter. Facebook. 